This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In the previous two seasons, the Stags have been so close to promotion, falling short by the finest of margins. One result in performance in the 2021-22 playoff final, and then finishing just one goal shy of the playoffs in 22-23. But as the new season dawns, will it be third time lucky? Or is this the toughest campaign yet for any team who wants to make it out of League 2? Nigel Clough has done his best to maintain consistency within the squad, adding some much-needed quality in key areas, with one more set to be added before the Stags head for their Scotland pre-season training camp on Monday. But are those additions enough, or is there still a piece of the blue sky missing from our jigsaw? Tonight, as we kickstart our seventh series of the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll reflect on that and much more ahead of the new campaign, including the arrival of new kits, the departure of a CEO, the record-breaking increase in season ticket sales, pre-season so far, and much, much more in between. So, as ever, come and join us and have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Proud to be part of the Talksport fan network. Right, let's see if we can remember how to do this. Hello, welcome back. I can't believe we're on series seven of the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's great to have you with us again. It feels like two days since we were last sat in this room discussing the end of the last season campaign where we fell just one goal shy of finishing in the playoffs but can we do it again can we pick ourselves up get back in the race and go one further than we did last season and maybe one step further than we did the previous season yes that's right and chase down a project promotion if you only just join us for the first time hello welcome to the party my name's craig i'm the host of the mansfield matters podcast been here for seven seasons and joining me every single week or every fortnight or however often it ends up being Fellow Stags fans from across Mansfield, Ashfield, Bowlesover, and sometimes across the UK, and even around the world as well. And most importantly, you guys at home. We're here to talk all things MTFC, all things Mansfield Town. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. And we want you to get involved as well in the live feed, and the way you can do that is in the live feed comments. So if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, tap away a comment. It will come up at the side of our screen. And we'll bring it up in the show and we'll talk about anything Mansfield Town related you want to. It's not just me that you're going to be staring at for the next hour or so. I have alongside me three Stags fans of varying ages and looking at the three alongside me, varying intelligence as well. I'm talking specifically about Cam, who's been with me from the very, very start to talk all things Mansfield Town. Let's say hello to them. Alongside me to my left, I have Mr. Clive Parkin. A very good evening to you. I hope me duck. I hope me duck. But OG, Cam Felton, welcome back to my house. You're supposed to be one of my best friends, and this is the second time that you've visited in six months. Hey, don't blame me. Blame the car. And, of course, the legend that is Sir Alan Wilson, the voice of the Stags, the mainstay, the rock that binds us all together, the blood that flows through all of our bodies, the king. 
Hello and welcome, the Messiah. How are you, sir? Hello, Craig. Hello, everybody. Very nice intro, that, Craig. Thanks, mate. I made it up, I don't know if you could tell. Craig, there's a modicum of hyperbole in there. Of course there was. There we go. Uh, thanks to Craig as well, who says, Welcome back, Mansfield Masters team. This, me uh, this means the season is edging closer now. It sure does. Follow Craig and put a, uh, a comment uh, in down below. Right, well, I don't know where we want to start because... We, of course, have seen each other. We were together, uh, Clive Allen and I were together at the Alfton game yesterday with um, Cam. I saw him about four years ago uh, when I gave him a lift from Sheffield. Um, so we've got a lot to catch up on, really. I don't know where we, we want to start. We can talk all about new signings. We can talk about the squad. and We'll talk about the little bits of news in between as well. So uh, do feel free to jump in on the, uh, the conversation and have your say on your team in the comments. Well, I guess we should start by going back um, Alan, to the end of last season, where when we left this room, we were full of optimism, wondering who we'd sign, um, looking at the release, the, the release list, the retain list, and sort of going through that, looking at who we'd want to stay and things like that. And one thing that we said was that we needed to bring some quality additions in. And I think Nigel Clough has got a well-balanced little short list that he's done. He's managed to retain and get that consistency through his squad to try and go again and try and build over time. But he's also added key additions in key areas. Definitely. I like the looks of Cargill at the side of Kilgore. They look a quality pairing. I like the rest of uh, the people that he's brought in. Lewis looks all right. He looks very busy, very adaptable. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this other gentleman in who has got, you know, is hopefully having his medical on Monday and then going to uh, Scotland. Some people have been putting on about this Mr. George Williams. Well, I've looked through and he apparently is a winger that played for Wales, so I don't think it might be him. Maybe there's more than one George Williams. Well, we you never it. know, we'll you never know. See. We'll wait and see. Um, Clive, looking at that list as well, you know, we've seen them in a couple of games now. They seem to have slotted in quite well, in particular Cargill sitting alongside Kilgore at the central defence. But if you can look at those signings which we've made so far in the summer, obviously Stephen Quinn and the one-year contract extension, Will Swan, the epic three-year deal with a one-year option. Bailey Cargill, uh, centre-back, two-year deal, one-year option. Callum McDonald, two-year deal, one-year option. And the same with Christy Pym as well, obviously, after his loan spell last season, now here on a permanent for two years with a year option. Of those, which one would you say is the, 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 the biggest addition, the key addition, if you like, of the summer window thus far? I can't judge the new, can't judge the new players as well as I can Will Swan. So I'm going to say Will Swan. He played... Well, when he was fit, um, and he made the difference in the number of games, and I think a fully fit and a fully active Will Swan this year will get a, a bag full of goals. Cam, what about you? Looking at that uh, lineup, which one would you say jumps out and say to, to you and says that's the, the, the piece of the jigsaw that we were missing previously? I wouldn't really say it's much of a, a missing piece. I'm very much on the same side as, as Clive, being Will Swan. I think we didn't get to see uh, a a full world swan for a season. Obviously, out with an ankle injury, expected to miss the remainder of the season. Came back for a couple of games, but nine, nine, ten goals, top goal scorer. So, obviously, we 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 get to see like a, a, a fully fit one, uh, Will Swan, and just really see what he's actually capable of doing. And obviously, it's always always a bit of an issue when you've got a lone player because you can't really sort of like maximise what you do with them because you've got a idea to what the parent club wants, but. He's now our player. We can mould him exactly to how we want, and we can, uh, and and just get cracking on. And and he seems happy to be here. So, yeah. Alan, looking at that as well, you know, we always say every season that there's always a lone player that we end up falling in love with. It's happened historically over the years. You know, Tyler Walker is a prime example of that, especially when we had the season that we had. Wanted to keep him, wanted to sign him. Pretty much the fact that he was from Nottingham Forest, but we did that with with Will Swan. We've got him signed on paper. Is that enough, though, in the strike department? We've made so many fantastic additions, you know, at the back. Um, I've missed. I've realised I've missed one from my list in Aaron Lewis there as well. Um, but you know, Aaron Lewis, who can obviously play in, in midfield, um, Bailey Cargill, um, you know, can play left side, centre back, and probably left side as well. Callum McDonald, all additions defensively where we weren't the strongest. But that said, Will Swan was top goal scorer, but didn't really get too far over double figures and there wasn't many people around him. Are we missing the piece still in that strike department or has Nigel Clough now got enough firepower? 
Well, I think in the end, time will tell. But in my opinion, it's only my opinion, I think I agree with the gentleman to my right. I think there'll definitely be, you know, a good addition to what we've already got. We know we had him last year, but it was bit parts. But he seems to be able to finish, Craig. He knows where the net is. And it's, it's like if you give, you know, if you uh, somebody said to you, who would you want in the Mansell Town with a one-on-one? It used to be Oatsy. But now it seems to have gone on to Swan because Swan knows how to finish, or in my opinion, he does. And also, who knows, you know, who's not to say that Abdullah won't come through at a later date because he knows where the net is as well, albeit a youngster. Yeah, similar to James Gale as well. Um, Simon's been in touch. Uh, OG Simon, hope that you and the kids are well. Evening, gents. Nice to see you back. You need to come back with us. You need to be in this seat. You need to be in one of these seats this season. Let's get you back now. The kids, they're, they're old enough now, the twins, to be left with mummy for a bit. Let's get you back where you belong, my friend. Um, he says, I uh, think he's got a decent squad this season in Clough. Uh, made some decent signings. Hopefully, we will be back there again uh, and challenging a little higher than just the playoffs. Uh, Paul says, keep Cameron Freeman. Looked quality yesterday. Will be a good asset to the club. Um, let's talk Cameron Freeman, Clyde, because we've had him a couple of times over the years. Obviously, at the very start of his career, he's got this long established relationship with Nigel Clough as well. Um, obviously, Elliot Hewitt's going to be out for the, uh, the pretty much the season. We've got Callum McDonald there who signed in January right back. Other than that, we don't particularly have too much um, competition in that right-back spot other than Aaron Lewis, who I think personally is going to use more in midfield. Looking at Kieran Freeman, the fact that he can play um, right-back, left-back, right-wing-back, left-wing-back and centre-back, given his experience and relationship to Nigel Clough, would you be offering him a deal? Would you be looking at, at getting him on the books? Well, based on his versatility, he sounds exactly the sort of player that Clough will want to have on his squad. Um, and, of course, he knows him inside out. I think looking at the acquisitions we've had so far, they're all players that you would expect to hit the main sheet each week. So what we haven't got is that player brought in just to provide cover. And I suspect he may well be that player. Does it also matter, Alan, about um, the business that we do tomorrow? Because obviously we're talking in retrospect about Freeman potentially coming in and filling in that right-back, left-back, centre-back cover slot. Does it also depend on the addition that he brings in tomorrow because touch wood unless anything goes drastically wrong we will have the uh, the new signing media out uh, tomorrow when the boys head up to head up to scotland i'm going to say like you said uh, and quite rightly so it all depends if everything goes according to plan but you know medical aside if he does uh, look to fill the part you know freeman might be a bit part you know because nigel's already said that he doesn't think that he'll be giving him a contract but you know who knows? Things might change. You know, injury, <laughs> injuries are a nasty thing, Craig, aren't they? Let's talk about players who have gone uh, the other way. We'll look at our squad in full a little bit later on um, as well. A um, couple of players who obviously were offered new deals but turned down deals in, in the summer cam were those of uh, Jason Law, who's since gone on to sign for Scunthorpe. Delighted for him because he's actually going to get some game time. Um, he's really going to thrive there. I'm actually surprised that he's not going to level higher. I actually thought he might end up at another League Two club. And the other, of course, everyone's going to slate me for this, but Kieran Wallace, I'm disappointed to see him leave. Um, ended up signing for Hartlepool. But on balance, and I'm going against my own argument here, you can't say that we've not replaced those players with, with quality. If you're looking at, let's take, for example, Aaron Lewis. He's played the two preseason games so far in, in midfield. Personally, like I said earlier, I think he's going to be more of a midfield player and sort of slotting in at right back when needed. If he comes in and replaces that slot left by Law and Wallace, I think you, you've made a quality of signing for, for two for one there. But uh, wish them both well. Yeah, we do. Obviously, it's disappointing. I, I, it's disappointing to lose Jason Law, first and foremost, because he's, he's probably... It's a talent. The, it was a young the, talent. The first real talent that we've bought through that, that was able to hold his own. Did we look. fail him? Yeah. I think I could, you could probably say we failed a lot of the young players that we've had come through. Uh, Adam Soms, Liam Marsden, Jack Thomas, etc. I think it's a list, isn't it? Yeah. Probably double, where double A4. 
they, they'd break to the first team squad, not really sort of like hit it off straight away, and then they sort of like not fizzle out to irrelevancy, but just just disappear off the face of the earth from the Mansfield perspective because we didn't see them and it was really disappointing, especially because they were such good talents, all young local lads, and it was disappointing to see that. And and yes, we were at stuff like. Adam Sons and, uh, and whatever sort of like challenging top end of conference at that point but then Jack Thomas and Liam Marsden we were sort of like mid-table lower mid-table league too so if there was ever an opportunity to sort of like especially because sort of like we had the sort of like you had your rocket period on the sort of like in back the end middle, of Cox yeah, in early yeah, moors yeah yeah that overlap we were just we got some fantastic wins against teams but sort of like we, where we'd need games to sort of like where we need to close out games and we need players, they'd be the sort of players you could bring in and, and do whatever, and, and we, we didn't, and and it was disappointing. But the, obviously the, the youth academy structure has changed a lot since then, and you probably look at Jason Law and Tyree Sinclair, so it's like they're very much in between our academy, so it's like going from what it was to what it is. They've been on both sides of it. Mm. So it is really disappointing because right, Sinclair... Probably, yeah, he's probably find his level at national league for now. There's another one like Alistair Smith. We've just not sent them out at the right times and developed and or whatever. And it's just the structure, the way that we've done things. But Jason Law, very disappointed. But I suppose your comment about him not going to national league, he probably dropped down to there because Scunthorpe have got a little bit of money now. Thinking like, yeah, they're going to be challenging. Gonna, they put a good, yeah, they are. Yeah. And he probably could have got a deal at national league, but. Is it is that a personal thing saying like I want to get settled at a club where I know I'm going to be able to play yeah. and he could more than cut his teeth at National North, yeah, easily probably yeah. going to be one best players in the league, but it's that progression because Scunthorpe shouldn't be Scunthorpe shouldn't be in the non-league at all. So, well, it's interesting that, that, that we, it's interesting that we mentioned the academy. We're going to talk some academy news in just a minute, but let's stay with the first team for just a second. Interesting that we talk about the younger players there, Alan, as well, because obviously. Um, James Gale, we hope, is going to be a real key feature for us this season. Looked impressive in, um, in in pre-season so far, even though we're just two games in. Obviously, again, we now start to develop players a little bit more. George Cooper, I know you, you're a massive fan of and who's played uh, 90 minutes so far over pre-season. Um, always looks good, has signed a, a contract extension as well. He'll go out on loan. Owen Mason's gone out on loan as well to Wexford. We'll talk about the goalkeeping situation later, um, but... Really starting to put a little bit more into that now. But um, let's go to the opposite end of that because it ties in very nicely. And there's, there's one bit of um, loose ends which we need to tie up so far in terms of the squad. And that is James Perch, who was, of course, offered a new contract in uh, the summer, yet to sign it. Um, but the last time we heard from Nigel Clough on Perch, it was that he was trying to agree a deal to be a player and a coach within the under-19 setup. We've had some news today about the under-19 setup, which we'll come on to in, in just a second, which might tie nicely into that. But for me, regardless of that under-19s role, James Perch has to sign. I think he is as influential in that dressing room, regardless of how many games he plays, as Stephen Quinn. I would agree 100%. He's definitely a very good chap to have, you know, on the books, in the back room, you know, call it what you like, in the squad, sitting in the stand. And when needed, it will, uh, it will do a job. And obviously, after his uh, bad head injury and whatever, he seems to have come through that quite well now. You know, the last probably half a dozen games of the last season, it was as good as anybody else that we had, in my opinion. Absolutely. We'll come to more of your comments uh, soon. I can see them uh, flooding in. Please do keep them coming in and have your say on your team. But let's um, talk about that Academy news, uh, which has uh, been released in the last hour. Um, there were rumours about this happening. Uh, well, one of these two happening anyway, um, but it is now confirmed. Mansfield Town are pleased to announce the appointments of experienced coaches Steve Chappell and Charlie McPartland to oversee the academy's professional phase development. Former Nottingham Forest defender Chappell made over 500 career appearances as a player, mostly for the Reds in a 13-year stint at the city ground. He began his coaching career at Nottingham Forest Academy before leading the academies of both Ilkeston and Nuneaton Town. Chappell, who was also manager of Ilkeston's first team and twice caretaker at Notts County, was most recently the director of football and head of academy at Baseford United, who, of course, we've got uh, excellent club links with. Charlie McPartland enjoyed an 18-year spell as a professional footballer and has also had a wealth of experience as a coach and manager. 
Following a successful spell as joint caretaker manager in 06 at Nottingham Forest, Charlie landed the manager's job at Notts County, where he enjoyed a two-year stint. In 2009, he joined Ipswich as part of Roy Keane's coaching staff before becoming assistant manager at Swindon, then returning to Forest as under-21s coach. More recently, he was a scout for Aston Villa. Academy manager Richard Cooper said, To have both Steve and Charlie as part of my coaching staff is a real coup for us. Their experience in developing players is second to none. Both have settled in really well, and the response from our players has been very positive. Clive, what do you make of uh, those uh, those two appointments, Steve Chatterland um, and Charlie McPartland? Well, it's an interesting development. It's uh, even more volume in the management team structure. Um, obviously, these play, these people have some association with Nigel Clough as well, and therefore he knows them well enough. Um, I think it's important because we've had this uh, academy now for a while. We've had the investment in real estate and playing the facilities up at Woburn Road for a while. Something has to come out of that mm. at some point to make it justified. And uh, I think we're on the fringe of it now. I think one or two other players that have been retained on the pro deals demonstrate that. And I'd like to think maybe a couple of players will break through into our first team squad this season and a couple more next year. That's probably wishful thinking because... The, de- the real problem is it's much easier to buy seasoned players in the market than to bring uh, younger players through. But I, I'm, I think it's an encouraging thing. Um, just going to, if I may, can I go back to um, our, our friend uh, who is now playing for Scunthorpe, Jason? Of course. I, I feel a bit sorry for Jason. He's the longest-serving player up until the point he moved on. Um, but he wasn't given a fair crack of the whip by the club. One of several managers, it's fair to say. And even last season when we were completely rattled by injuries, Nigel Clough was still not playing him. So he had to go. He had to go. And everybody wants to go where they wanted. And obviously Scunthorpe wanted. Mm. And good luck to him. I think that's the worry for me, Alan, this year. You know, we've brought in some quality additions. We've given these academy players pro deals. We've invested more in getting the academy now and bringing these two in, both experienced in that field and uh, within the game itself. And... Hopefully, we, we do that a little bit more with, with those. I know Louis Turner, the goalkeeper, will probably be on the bench a few times, especially with Owen Mason now out on loan. He'll spend a lot of time in the matchday squad. You've got left-back Dorian Warchop, defensive midfielder Charlie Carter, uh, Finn Flanagan, uh, Jacob Karinski, who, of course, scored at Alfreton, could have had uh, a couple, and Mikhail Abdullah, who all signed uh, pro deals in the summer. We've got to get their development right now, haven't we? Even to a degree, James Gale, but for me, Gale... His development is best served by throwing him into League Two football with Mansfield Town. Yeah, I would agree because he's proved, uh, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And each time he's played, he's got better. And he's, he's not frightened to take a man on. He's not frightened to shield the ball. And, you know, if Nigel had to play him, you know, if, if there was either an injury or whether it puts him on the first team sheet, you know, of the season, you know, he'll give 100% and he'll do a really good job. And I think it's a good... Uh, with Shetland McParland coming in, it's it's a good deal because it might just force everybody's hand and push, you know, that extra young player through like Krasinski. That might have been why he was in the squad yesterday. Who knows? I mean, we don't know behind the scenes, but uh, it's all look the same as Clive said. It, it only bodes well and it looks good for the future. Yeah, it certainly does. Let's read a few more of your you guys' comments then. Let's have a look at what you've been saying uh, in the live feed tonight. Keith's been in touch. Um, um, get away. My computer's just decided to do the little scroll thing where I can't see it. Uh, hi, everybody. Good to see you all. Uh, let's hope that this is final there on Monday. Uh, evening, gents. Hope you're well. Looking at the squad, we have some really good quality, and Cargill and Kilgore are going to be a strong pair. And James Gale, in my opinion, of quality and, ha- and uh, some talent he will be. I think he deserves a starting spot. Uh, Roy says, welcome back, boys. Um, Paul says, look on Stagnet. People have mentioned to the defender that's signing. Well, according to Stagnet, we're probably still going to be signing Luke Beckett. So uh, I, I trust that as, as much as that I trust Cam. Um, only joking. I trust you really. Love you really. I miss you. Um, uh, who else have we got? Nice. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Roy t- uh, Roy has been in touch saying, Perch for me was the weakest link in the defence last season. Get rid. Um, Carl says, I don't think James Perch um, does I don't think James Perch does bad at all for his age when he is 37 or 38. 90% of players that age in the NFL are washed out and retired, and that's a reason 
where he spent most of the career in the Championship and played in the Premier League. Still more fit enough than um, still more than fit enough. I'd be giving him a one-year extension. His experience in the camp is needed. That's what I'm saying about James Purge. Not necessarily about playing every single game. It, coming in, filling a slot, doing what he needs, doing what he needs to do, and being that influential figure around the dressing room. Well, Clough was saying when he was out injured um, with his head that he was all right. He couldn't train like properly. He obviously, couldn't do anything. But he was still he was able able to run. He could still do ball work. He just couldn't do any of the physical stuff, and they eased him back in with that. But he was saying it was such a good influence around the dressing room, and at a time where we sort of like started to pick up a few knock, knock, knocks and niggles, and the camp was a bit with that bit of a sticky patch after Christmas. Sort of mm. Like we had, uh, it was Forest Green and others, and it was just a bit of like a gritty teeth, get on with it. And he was saying our perch was just a, a positive influence on on the dressing room, and and. If he hopefully he does take this player coach role because that's exactly what we want to do. We don't we we've made mistakes in the past where we've sort of like players we've got to that age that like we've not sort of like kept on to. I think Jamie Maguire is probably about the only player, yeah, of that experience that we could have done with that we've not. We could have kept Brian Jensen, for example, as a goalkeeping coach. We don't, and it, we've missed out on opportunities. So. Especially with Perch being a local lad as well, it, it's just it. Hopefully, it works for us. It works for him. Let's just get it done. And yeah, he's not going to play every game. He'd be a bit part player, but he's a player there that we know that will come in and do a job if needed. If we need to drop to a back five in the last ten minutes of a game, we're two one up and we need to hold out for a result. We know he'll come in and do a job. It's that sort of player that we've got and what's what we need. I mean, you know me, Clav, I don't like to talk about other football clubs because I've got very limited knowledge, but it is, there is a reason at the top flight why these play, these clubs, you know, like the likes of Jordan Henderson, the likes of uh, Huddleston at, at Man United, there's a reason why they keep these players around, isn't they? Because they're experienced for those younger players coming through off the game and their level-headedness. Again, ben, like Ben Foster was a, a good one at Watford and, and again now at, at Wrexham. Those sorts of players who've got that experience, that age, even if they're not necessarily playing week in, week out, you cannot buy that leadership from in, within that dressing room because they're not a manager, they're not a teacher, they're not a coach, they're not someone who's going to go and snitch. They're someone who gets it from your perspective and you can't buy that. No, I think in any good squad, you want a couple of managers in the, in the playing staff. I mean, you can very, do very little as the manager of the club from the touchline anyway. Once they're out there, it's for them to drive it. And you do need someone to inflict a little bit of club discipline. And I think people like uh, Quinn and Perch bring that along with the masses of experience they've got. Inevitably, they don't have the legs they had when they were younger. And I do think that uh, Quinn's great, but he, it's, it's too much to expect. We put too many 90-minute games in. Mm. He had to do during last season because of the injury crisis we had. And I think Perch has probably slipped into the same situation now. I'd play perch, like you've said, when we need to bolster the, the, the back line for whatever reason. And I also think he plays really well when he's not exposed. Yeah. So to have good, a good defensive pairing like Kilgore and uh, um, Cargill, um, I think you would, you'd have less anxiety about players like perch playing alongside them. Yeah. And he's, what he's got that they haven't yet got is that experience to read the game. Yeah, and there's a difference there. I know a lot of people have mentioned like potentially getting Riley Harbottle back. He was great for us last season now. But you look at bringing Cargill in now and you look at the difference in age and experience and the levels that they've played. You know, someone like that with that level-headedness can help the likes of Perch. And I think we've, we've got a good balance back there now. I'm really interested to see who we bring in tomorrow and whether it outweighs that. Because I think like a few people have said in the comments so far, it looks like, um, whilst on paper, it's written down as our centre-back pair in a CAC, Kilgore and Cargill. Let's see what I did there. Um, actually, they're extremely strong, and I think those two could be a very good bond. And also, just uh, just reverting back to the Perch uh, deal, whether you know Nigel's had a quiet word with him and whatever, it might be something that James Perch is you know, not wanting to do. Yeah. Maybe he wants to extend his career, you know, maybe in the National League, maybe as... He's had offers, maybe he hasn't, but if he hasn't, it, it, it would just be p the perfect foil for yeah. everybody else, you know, in that bit player role. Yeah. But yeah, to move to Cargill and whatever, it will be interesting tomorrow to see whether he's a, you know, like a well-known name, if you yeah. like, or somebody that we know 
whether it's League One, League Two, you know, from wherever. I'd never really heard of Cargill yeah. before. But, you know, I like what I see. And I like a left-sided player, a left-footed player to complement Kilgore, you know, with this side. So, it, tell you, I'm excited. It, it bodes well. I can't I can't wait for us to announce that we're signing uh, Kieran Freeman. Uh, <laughs> I'd take it. I, well, I'll take, take it, it as well. It. I don't think everyone's built up this expectation for it to be this big name. And it just turns out to be uh, for him. Um, Craig in the comments said, I was surprised, going back to the youth team players, I was surprised the likes of Abdullah Warshop and Anderson haven't been involved in any of the friendlies we've played. Uh, not yet, so far, not yet. Uh, maybe they've got other plans for them. Of course, there is that um, uh, long eaten friendly as well, which they could chuck them in. And I know the 19s have got their own uh, fixtures as well. Uh, Carl says, Jason Law will do exactly the same as Alistair Smith. Drop down to non-league and smash it, get a move to League 2 and kick on. Alistair Smith is twice the player he is now and when he was with us. He was class at Sutton. That's the reason why he's just signed for Lincoln in League One. Um, Thomas says, if Clough is going to play 4-3-3, do you think we can get away with Swan, Oates, Gale, DKD on the wings? All not natural wingers. I personally feel the squad suits the diamond in midfield with two up top. It's an interesting one for me, uh, Alan. I think it all hinges on whether DKD... Uh, plays because if it's if it's if DKD's in the side we play with a front two and him just behind if he doesn't start it's a front it's a front three but I agree and I know that a few of you guys have said the same thing we are missing a naturally wide player yeah well that's George Williams tomorrow remember again a defender he played for Wales imagine if it turns out to be a 30 goal a season striker we're all like what the yeah but uh, yeah I would put I would prefer DKD at the back of the two, whether it's Aikins and Swan, whether it's Swan and Gale, because Gale can do the job, or whether Oates is up there. We've got, you know, it's uh, we've got a really good choice of strikers. It's just uh, interesting that how it all unfolds, and it will be very interesting, because I think if you ask any Stags fan, we'd all pick a different 11 on the opening day. Yeah, absolutely. Paul says, uh, Perch is a good player, but his body's getting old. Carl says, I'd be starting James Gale over Reese Oates at Crew uh, opening days with Swan, full of confidence and twice the player he is now from this time last year. Absolutely. Um, where else are we? Um, Keith said some connections this year. I think that might be you, Keith. Um, just refresh and you'll be all right. Um, Jamie says, do you think with David Sharp going, we're going to get um, the players we need coming in? We're going to talk about that after the break. Um, and we've also got... Uh, Craig, who says, I'm going to watch the game at Shybrook Town on Tuesday, which will be the under-19s development squad. They might be used in that if they're not going to Scotland. Meaning that is the likes of the younger players. Yeah, absolutely um, agree with that. Still lots more to come here on the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. So make sure you keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. We're going to talk David Sharp's departure and Caroline coming back into that CEO role. We're going to talk about this, the new kits and uh, everybody's thoughts on them. We've seen a few social media posts uh, today about the quality of that. Shame we've not got our kit expert with us. I'm sure he'll give us uh, that when he returns, Nick. We'll talk season ticket sales. We'll talk Papa John's trophy. We'll talk Carabao Cup. And we'll talk the remaining games of pre-season right here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. The show for the fans, by the fans. And we're proud be part of the TalkSport fan network. Don't go anywhere. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Looking forward to going into our seventh season following the Stags on the podcast here. Still lots more to talk about in the next 25 minutes or so. Uh, and let's start, Clive, with some business-related uh, chat. Um, we've had some uh, departure in the summer. And that is David Sharp uh, stepping down as CEO. Carolyn stepping back into the uh, role. Um, your thoughts uh, on, on Sharp's departure, Carolyn's reappointment, and where the club could be heading now. I don't know what to make of it, in all fairness. I thought the first, when we first were, were told about it, that it made some sense. He wanted to go back and concentrate on the family business. And I'd always get like a disgraced MP who wants to spend more time with his family. I just think it's a trite excuse. And already there's rumblings of things that are coming out that 
David Charlton has been accused of not doing well in it whilst he was in in the role, and maybe that's just or that's just conjecture. I don't know, but he uh, left rather quickly. That's probably my only anxiety. You, I don't think there's anything wrong. He's he put three years in. He, he said all along he doesn't see himself uh, emotionally immersed in the club. He was always doing the job as a professional, um, and he, therefore he, he, he was not going to be here forever. I just think the fact that he was announced that he was going was he's gone always leaves me a little bit alarmed. Yeah, he did sort of give a little thank you message, almost like a footballer cam on Instagram when he left. Um, but from a you know business perspective, he came in at a difficult time for the club. He has made some positive impacts. You know, the, the ticketing change with the season tickets, um, the implementation of the the um, direct debit scheme for the season tickets as well. We've gone cashless now as a stadium, starting from the pre-season friendlies. We've brought some good players in and some, done some good business. Um, and even though he's, he publicly admitted in the fans' forum, which I thought was a little bit of a bad move, that he wasn't overly emotionally invested, um, you can see it from a business head and you wish him well, but now you've got to make sure that that work is, is, is carried on. And as Carolyn stepped back to, into that role, do you think that's just an interim thing and whether the club should appoint an independent CEO or whether we should go back to that passion-driven role? Either, either of which I'm happy with, as long as whoever it is has got the best interests of the club at heart. That that's a key thing for me. It's got to be someone that that cares about the club, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. But is there enough people that would that want to do that job, other than somebody that's already within the Mansfield Town One Call organisation? Do we go and poach somebody from there, or do we go out and look for somebody new? Quite clearly, obviously, we we tried something new in going for Sharp. And all right, first first bit of his being in control was uh, well, it was as uh, just as we came out of COVID, wasn't it? it was no, it was back just end. before we went into COVID. Yeah, during yeah. During. yeah. So it was it was a difficult time because what what are you supposed to do? You've got no fans coming through the door. You've got no extra revenue. No this, no that. So to come in and, and steady the ship, and obviously one of the biggest jobs he had to do was uh, sacking Graham Cochran, which. Arguably his best best work. Too right, too right. But uh, it's a it's a strange one. Like like Clive said, it is so rushed and so sudden. And yeah, like you said, it, maybe it was a bad move to say he's not emotionally invested. But same again, is that just was that just his justification of like to not get overly attached? I think in in football and and we saw it with with our neighbours down the road in Nottingham, you've got uh, the owner, Alan Hart, a prospective owner coming in, who was a fan of the club and he ran the club because he, he loved the club and he, he ran them into the ground and he ran himself into the ground, tried to get them promotion, didn't work, tried to buy them out of relegation, didn't work, it nearly cost him everything and it nearly cost, well, it did cost them their um, football league status and nearly their existence for, for a while and and we don't want that sort of situation. So him coming out and saying he's not emotionally invested, I don't think that's a bad thing, to be honest. It means that it's a, everything that he, he does is a business decision, not a, not a fan decision. It's something that's going to be the best for the club. Financially, it's going to be viable, but then also weighing up the, the pros and the cons from a, from a consumer slash fan side. I think the job itself is a big job. And I think the club has moved into a position now where it's, it has to replace him. I think Carolyn has enormous talent um, and she's incredibly passionate about the club that she co-owns. I don't think that's the right solution. I think she might you know, step in for a while. You need a replacement for David. I don't see anybody in the existing team structure there that's got the quality to do it. So I think they do have to go out, put it out to the world and see who's out there. I think the job is difficult because you've got to manage everything that's underneath you. But more importantly, you've got to manage the owners. And I think what you don't want is passionate owners that keep dibbing in and doing things that aren't structured. Now, I'm making no accusations, but I suspect that the whole Danny Johnson fiasco was a little bit of that. I, did, I disagree to a certain extent. I would like, I'm pleased to see, Carolyn, thank David Sharp for his uh, 
three-year tenure, whatever it was in his efforts. Thank you very much for Mr. Longstaff. Shall we just that say hello to the Mansfield Town media team who have just uh, logged on to this? It's just come up, Mansfield Town Football Club is watching. Oh. Evening. Carry on, Art. Evening, boys. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a really good uh, move to get Carolyn back in charge because I think she'll yeah. do a very, very good job. Plus, it brings John back here a little bit more in the season, you know, to what they were doing before. And I just like that. I like the Radfords here. I, I know think sometimes it's... In, sorry, Al, I think it's sometimes really important to have a break and step away from something, which obviously they did and had that bit of downtime. And bring somebody in who's got outside views and outside ways of working and other connections, it's good. I think it's just about management and being... Like, you know, modern technology is great. You know, we can do this podcast with me in this room, you at your house, you in Sheffield, you in Edwin. So, whoever, Tim in Brazil, um, whatever is Mitchell in America, yeah. we could have all of them on and you can run things from where you are. But I think in terms of that role, nothing beats being on the ground and having people that you can trust. So, I think that they will be over a lot more. I think they will come over and see. We've already seen them over for the first two pre-season friendlies getting involved and, and having chats with people. I think it's just getting that balance right between letting the football side of things do their their, their job. You know, we've got a good team in, in Nigel. Regardless of our opinions on whether or not we should have had a change in the summer, you can't argue that he's put the consistency in place. The proof now will be the next six months on the pitch. You let them do the football business side of it, the, in terms of the player recruitment, that sort of thing, and you run the club as, as a business... I felt with David at some points that he was, especially when he, when he first came in as director of football, which says it all, I felt that sometimes he was a little bit too much wanting to get involved in the football inside of things. And that never really sits right with me. I want a, a CEO, someone that can overview the whole thing, but predominantly from a business head. I don't want somebody going, oh, I like the look of him because he scored 40 goals for X, Y, and Z. He's going to fit in here. Mm. Let the football people do football and let the business people do business. And I think it's just about now getting that role right. And I think Carolyn had a, such a successful spell when she was here before, you know, took us up from the conference and got the ground into a good state and really put wheels in motion. David came in and made little tweaks and implemented ideas of his own, kit suppliers and all this. And now it's about marrying the two together and pushing on in the in, in the right direction. It did. It did like we said before. It did his three years tenure, and he's done a very good job for what he's done. Now Carolyn will jump back in, and I personally think it's best signing at season. I really do. I think Carolyn deserves to be where she is, and I think it'll only push Mansfield forward and up the uh, up the league. Apparently, she's not going to be playing though, because. She's refused to play centre-half, and Nigel oh. Cross not happy with that. <laughs> Only joking. Um, let's talk about one thing that uh, has been implemented in that stage, and that is the addition of these. Now, we've not got our shirt expert, Nick, with us uh, tonight to talk all things uh, kit, but most of us have, have got our hands on one of these kits, right? I think, Alan, you're still waiting, aren't you? I've got mine, but I just... It... <laughs> After the uh, summer, it's a little bit snug, so I might need to go a size up. But I'll see. But I, I quite like the shirt. I really do. Cam, I just got, don't like the stick-on badge. Cam, you've got every other shirt going than uh, than a Mansfield shirt at the minute, following your trip to Toronto in the summer. Yeah. Or, uh, by the way, I know people have been uh, slating Castor, but you've got an even worse kit supplier yeah, there. Yeah, Macron. It's Macron are hor oh, horrendous. Oh, great. Um, and Clive, I know you've got your hands on uh, one of these as well. I have to say, first and foremost, though, that the speed of the Castor website, phenomenal. I know people queued on the opening day when they went on sale at the ground at the not new but new club shop um, Corbett. <laughs> for over an hour, two hours to get their hands on a shirt. I was at work in Sheffield on the Monday. It took me five minutes to order mine. It arrived here the very next day in time for the Redford game. Really, very really good. speedy delivery. Um, but Clive, um, I know a few people have not been quite happy with it, have they? I'm not decided either. I, I, I can't get excited about it. And I, I'm, I share the view of one or two people that the actual quality of the fabric and the badging leaves a bit to be design, uh, desired. It'll, uh, the measure of it is how well it survives yeah. the season, I guess. Uh, but everybody's now clamouring for the uh, away strip as well. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an expensive time for families who buy kit for everybody, isn't it? I have, I have to say that I like the retro design. I'm a fan of that. We've obviously tried to incorporate a little bit in what we do with the graphics and stuff um, as well. 
I like the top little bit. This reminds me of um, when we got promoted, and when we got when we when we got when we went up 0203 and 0304. Oh yeah, uh, that reminds me a little bit of that the old VK strip. Um, but what I don't like is I do not like the transfer badge. I think that is a disaster waiting to happen. And we've already seen a few people put on Facebook today um, the print badges that this little thing, the castor thing. Um, in the bottom corner of the shirt has come off in the wash. Um, and I'm just trying to have a little look. On, I know there were washing instructions with it, but how many people do genuinely read those washing instructions? Um, best probably to wash it inside out on a cold wash, maybe stick it in a pillowcase to be sure. It's maybe giving the kit men a with bit. No water. With no water. Um, and only with your left hand. Uh, it's giving the kit men, might give the kit men a few uh, extra things to do, but uh, it's, I know you said that it might be a bit snug for you, Alan, but I usually buy a small. I brought a medium, and it's very baggy around the neck. I've eaten a lot of chicken over the summer, and even then, it's still a little bit baggy. It's a little bit long, so. Well, mine does, does fit, but I'm just going to give it a chance with the double XL. I'm going to see. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, Cam, I know you're a shirt connoisseur as Watch well. Watch his face. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna. Well, that's it. <laughs> um, away shirt. Well, you know, we are a little bit disappointed that we've not had the release of all three kits at once. The goalkeeper kit, I would rather have seen as the away kit. I'm not going to lie. But there's rumours going around. We've seen the leaked photos that the away kit could be red. Thoughts? At principle, burn it. We are not Nottingham Forest. Burn it. Burn we, it. I, I disagree. Red for a goalkeeper's shirt. Spot on. Brian Jensen. Yeah. Immaculate kit. Looked really good. But red um, for an away shirt. I'm, I'm not a fan, and we've got a weird sort of bluey-looking third shirt Don't as well. Apparently, apparently, apparently. See, th when when these leaked photos came, that that third kit was the only one I actually believed was legit. Mm. On the principle that it was taken in the dressing room at the club, whereas the others were taken like it, it could yeah. have been taken on your floor, yeah, with the colour of the carpet. But I'm trying to say about it's my a little carpet. Bit, no, it just looks exactly the same. There's nothing against it. But, but I did not leak those kits. That's slanderous. It's just a little bit disappointing, and I think it's always going to come. It's the same with like, the whole player situation, that the fact that we found out about them through a leak and not... I mean, leaving it until first week of July probably doesn't help. Yeah. Like, people... Well, we miss Father's people, Day. People want kits to go on summer, on summer holidays with. Yeah. And people want kits for Father's Day. We miss both. And we miss both. Yeah. Yeah. And they've already sold out on the goalkeeper kit. Yeah. So. And we've still not got the away or the third or any other goalkeeper kit. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting one. I know there's always going to be teething problems when it when it comes to new kit supplies. I am very excited about the Castor stuff just because they do their sort of like their training wear, their leisure wear. Their, their I do like the, the training top. I'm not gonna lie. Even though like it makes no sense that Savannah Rags are sponsored when they're now in rags themselves. Um, but uh, you know, I, I like that simplistic white training top and the, the, it's the nice. staff and, top as well. And you, look at, and you look at the stuff that other clubs have got. Um, MK Dons are with them. Obviously, Newcastle, Rangers, England Cricket. There's so many. And their off-field stuff is really nice. Yeah. It's good quality stuff and and hopefully we'll see that obviously we've not seen it straight away all we've got so far is the goalkeeper kit and the home kit but for me Alan I think roundabouts isn't it really I think it's more of a thing of how long we're going to have these kits for because what I don't want now is to go back to that thing of chopping and changing every season we had a good thing going with Surridge which was home kit one year away kit the other alright they didn't match and there was no consistency with them whereas this time with Castor it looks like they're going to but you're looking at 50 quid a shirt. Most people will try and get one of each to complete the set. So you're looking at best part of 150 quid, maybe 200 by the time you've added some shorts and some names and stuff in um, as well. But um, I don't want to like have all three and then change in the close season. We've got to commit now and stick with it, haven't we? Yeah, well, nobody, I, I haven't heard anything come out yet, you know, whether it's going to be uh, the home shirt for this year and next year. And like a new away shirt, I'm not sure, I haven't heard. But if that's the way it goes, I'm quite happy with that. Because you know, you've got an away shirt, a new away shirt come out next year, which hopefully won't be red. Another good thing, I think, with the cast thing, and this is just something that they do in general, and stuff like us 
as a club moving with the times, the, the, the season tickets being on a QR code on your phone, uh, cashless stadium, and then new website offers Klarna. And it's just and finance options on season tickets. We're just, all right, the, the Klarna thing and being able to split payments on the, on the Castor website is them themselves. But us moving forwards, and it, it does link back to having a kit. You don't want to be forking out 150 quid on three new shirts. And if you've got more than one child, Simon, for example, he's got his twins, he'll get the new kit. But then that's two full kids' kits, then his kit, his shirt. It, it, it works out expensive, mm. especially if we don't do a two-on, two-off. But I guess you can argue as well, though, on, on the flip side of that, Clive, that it's also the, the, the modern day of the way the economy is as well. I mean, you look at people moaning about... I mean, I'm not happy about it, like 27 quid for crew away, but it's, it's sort of, things are more expensive generally now, and I think that's probably why the club have done the right thing in putting this instalment planning for season ticket holders. We know there's a demand for, for, for seats, for tickets, because of the record sales, over 5,000 season tickets again this season. But if they can help people to manage that and to manage the finance a little bit more, that's great. Some people are financially savvy, some will go um, you know, I'll put it on a credit card and I can pay off X amount of money a month, but then you pay an interest on it. Direct debit scheme helps alleviate that a little bit more. The club are trying. Yeah, I think the club's doing what it can given the situation it finds itself in. Um, I, I think football fans are a poor judge of the economy because we tend to behave irrationally around <laughs> our football clubs. I mean, True. everybody moans about having no money and complaining about £27 a goal once crew, and yet they'll spend £150, £200 on two sets of kits for themselves and their kids. It's a question of priorities, a question of what you think is important. I'm an old grump, and I don't think we should have three kits for a start. I agree. I we, think if needless. you choose carefully, your second kit should cover those eventualities when we clash to the primary colour, which is yellow. Mm. And not many, many of those you've got... You, Newport, Sutton and Bradford, I think, is probably the yeah. three. Oh, no, sorry. Um, the North Yorkshire lot. Whether it be red Harrogate. Harrogate, yeah. Um, but if you've got, if it's got to be red, it's got to be red. That covers all of those. Mm. Possibly Bradford and Dinger's being red, but it's not really red, is it? No. It's sort of the... Uh, I mean, I think the thing that you can orange. do there as well, I mean, again, I don't like using them as an example because they're non-league and some people did dislike them as a club, but hashtag United were modern innovator of that camp when they had their kids what they did was had a home shirt and away shirt traditionally but then for a third shirt they used the goalkeeper top as an outfield top and mixed and matched the colors did, did they share it then yeah, so they, they had like a pinkish a wet like a pinkish goalkeeper top yeah. and the goalkeeper would wear a, like a gray top and then they would wear the pink one as a third a bit more i mean because you are essentially looking if you want the goalkeeper top as well four sets of kit that you're going to be looking to buy in I think that's a little bit too much to ask. Same again, though. Is when, you that... wear, when you take into context, sorry, that you are probably going to wear that third kit in the course of the season once. Yeah. Um, it's frustrating, but then you throw into the mix, are we then going to have three different kits for the keeper? Does that turn from five to six? It, it, I can't think of any teams that... Is any team playing Sky Blue in League Two? I think we've got in off the top of my head now this year. No, I don't think so. No. So you, you could, pro yeah, you could I agree. probably just about get away. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I'm just saying we could have kept the sky blue kit. It's got plenty of life left in it. But unfortunately, it's not by Castori. And we have that contract in place. So yeah. it can't be. Why couldn't we have the goalkeeper shirt as the away shirt and the oh, goalkeeper no. shirt be like, the red pink, one, pink, uh, or yeah. red, or wow. you could literally a goalkeeper shirt does not have to correspond in any way, shape, or form with the colours of your club. Yeah, point proven. Goal. Alan Marriott scored his goal, pink shirt. Love it. We should we should have kept that pink shirt forever. Uh, I'm sure when we get our kit man uh, Nick back on the show, he'll be telling us all. But as Craig says in the comments, it's ex it's been expensive to start the season up to yet, but people don't have to buy. People moaned about £27 for crew. Match date is 26, 24 before, if brought before. So not much difference in my opinion. I agree. And it's like what, what Clive did say. It is a choice. But some people maybe do feel a bit pressed into it. But I was trying to, Alan, to put a positive on it and, and saying that in putting the um, 
instalment planning, that's a good thing. And then the cash listing as well. A few people have said that um, the, the, the cashless thing is, uh, is something they wouldn't like to see. Going cashless um, is, uh, is something dropped. Um, also, don't, uh, cashless is a bad idea. Um, it is a bad idea if they don't get the machines working. I had it on four occasions last year in the Ian Greaves Upper where I went to buy my sausage roll and hot chocolate traditional before a game. Um, tried to use the card machine, wasn't working because of the internet. That's so. it. Why, I'm going to say, is there a reason why you can't have cash, you know, like at the end, either end of the stadium, mm. you know, have cash and card at just one place? Then people that, I know, obviously, I people depending on where they're sitting. Yeah, but, I suppose know. it's more about um, the way it's handled because bank transfers, it's, it does, it's all computerized. It takes the human element yeah. out of it. Literally, someone has to go and cash up with the cash side of it and everyone has yeah. to be held to account and it's a more tedious process. So I understand it from that logic, but there will be people that don't want to pay on the yeah, well, card. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day, if they've got no facilities to pay on the card, you know, if the people that are queuing up, they won't queue up anyway. They'll just either take the flask or, you know, they'll just go without a drink or something to eat. But my only concern is, if it goes down on the day, what happens then? Yeah. Exactly you know, you've that. got X thousand pounds of sausage rolls, pasties, crisps, etc. Well, I I'm worry. sure there must be one somewhere where you can have, you know, a little bit yeah. of both. I wouldn't worry too much about the sausage roll because whilst they've put the uh, cashless system in place, I would have much rather them invested that money that they would have spent on doing that in teaching their kiosk management people how to actually cook a sausage roll. Uh, more on that as the season goes on. Uh, we are running vastly out of time. Thanks for all your comments uh, tonight. Let's finish Clive by talking about the remainder of pre-season. Obviously, the boys are off to Scotland on Monday, hopefully with a new defender in tow. It'll be a hard week up there. We've had two games so far. In brief, what have you made from the two so far? Because for me, results aren't important in pre-season. What is important is two things for Nigel Cook at this point. And it's, number one, getting through this game and getting minutes in the tank. And number two, coming off of that pitch with no injuries, touch wood. Yeah, it isn't meaningful at the moment. And I don't think many of the pre-season games are in themselves meaningful. What you want to see going through that series of games is the, the, the frame of the side emerging. You know, the, the, the bits that they're going to build around. And we've mentioned central defensive uh, uh, Cargill and Kil, Kilgore. But you start from there and you obviously have got your first team goalkeeper or defenceled in. You've got a good start. And it's where you, it's where you see that group in midfield being dominant. And then we're going to have that challenge of picking two from four strikers because I don't see us playing with three strikers on that many occasions. So, but we'll see. I mean, this is a time to experiment. Mm. I think what you can say is that the keepers in both pre-season games at the moment haven't had to make any saves. Um, whether that's the quality of the... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, talk, talking in generalised terms, um, we've not played teams that have, have challenged us as much as we would have liked in that respect. But, you know, you can only play what's in front of you. And, and I think that we showed some touches, we showed some teamwork in there. And even when we changed from one half to the other, when you've got completely new players, they seem to work together. So they're doing something right on the training pitch. It's yeah. early doors, isn't it? Yeah, I think, Alan, this week it's going to be uh, the intense week, isn't it? It's going to be um, getting the hard work in now, really getting into those legs up in Scotland and really giving it a go on Saturday. I think the Rotherham game, he will do the same as what he has done in the Retford and Alfin games, and that's two 11s. And then I think you're looking at the Barnsley game for more of a, right, this is the 11 that I'm thinking of starting with a few tweaks here and there and giving them more minutes and building that up. But for me, these next couple of fixtures, the Barnsley game, the, uh, the Oldham game, and, you know, even though Matlock's a step down from Oldham, they always give us a good test. I think it's more of a calendar thing about they can't, couldn't fit that in before because they want to sort of build it up gradually. But now, after this week is done, I would probably say that pre-season really starts. You've got your minutes in the tank. You've got everybody back together. You've got people gelling and things like that. Now the hard work ramps up the next level. And I can't wait to see what effect it has on Saturday. And I think uh, Scotland will do that. I mean, that's what it's there for. They enjoyed it last season. It worked a treat or seemed to work a treat. They know what they're doing. They know what they're going to receive. They know what they're going to get. And also, I slightly disagree with the Rotherham match. I think, you know, there might be the makings of the first 11 there as well 
as Barnsley, but I mean, time will tell for that, you know. But uh, whichever team he puts out, let's uh, let's enjoy the season. Yeah, let's certainly do that. Well, uh, that's almost all we've got time for. Cam, I'm going to come to you uh, finally just to, to round things off. With what you've seen so far, all things uh, included, uh, players that we've brought in, potential players that we're going to brought in, pre-season results thus far and the pre-season plan uh, ahead. Please, with the direction we're going, because it will be a tough campaign this year. We're not going to delve into that on this podcast, but uh, it's coming along nicely so far. It's good to be back in action, isn't it? Let's say that. It is, and, and it, it, it's a football fan, sort of like second instinct, sort of like the looking like, well, what's everybody else doing? Who's, who's this team signing? Who's, who's going where and, and whatever? And it can be so so difficult to focus on your own team because you, you're looking what we're doing and you see rumours spreading about players signing and always oh, going there. But no, wait, last minute it goes there and it's, it's frustrating. So to have so much going off at the Stags, i.e. you've got new season tickets, you've got X amount of new shirts. All right, it's not maybe the most positive thing. CEO change and there's so much going off. And then to have a strong pre-season, uh, this is not a negative any, in any way, but playing teams like Rainworth and Clipston, not great games. So to sort of like to be able to fixture Matlock, Oldham, Barnsley, Rotherham, uh, even Long Eaton are a higher level. All right, granted it'll be a presumably a, a Mansfield eleven, a bit of a mixture of those that need minutes and, and and young professionals. But we're not sort of like not neg, nondescripts, but we're playing teams that have actually got quality within them, and obviously. We've got good links with teams like Longy and with with the youth development and in Deakin and where we got James Gale from. Yeah. So these these steps that the club are taking to, to like prepare in the right way and going to Scotland is one of them. So everything's looking more positive. I'm hoping in the next week or so we'll see sort of like what's happening kit wise with everything else. But it's just good to be back. It feels like pre-season gets longer and longer, but I don't know whether that's because last pre-season only ended up being about two weeks off because of the old Wembley yeah. thing. And we look very fatigued going into that. And now we look a bit a bit fresher and the lads seem good. Even that first couple of days going around Vickers Water, they look good. Good shape, good lads, and let's see what the season brings. Always love a good drone shot as well. Clive, I'm going to get a last word from you. Uh, Alan, the comments, final comment tonight. Uh, the big positive this season is we have a squad with no loans, uh, so they should be all playing for a shirt for now. Um, I don't particularly think Nigel Clough will look to dip into the loan market unless anything happens between now and the end of pre-season. As frustrating as it is by not adding that extra piece up top, I think with just I think in Nigel Clough's head, we're there already. And I agree. I think if we can get this Monday signing, whether it's a loan or a signing, I don't care. We've got a squad to work with, and providing we can avoid the disastrous number of injuries we've had in recent times. We're going to compete this year. Mm. Uh, Alan, final one from you. Obviously, you know, we're at home uh, on Saturday against um, Rotherham United. Are you back for your 100th season behind the mic? <laughs> well, I certainly hope so, Craig. I should be putting my best foot forward anyway. 35 years this year, mate. Listen, if you are not behind the mic this season, there will be uproar. You've heard of the Just Stop Oil protesters. We will all, as a podcast group, be on the motorway somewhere, throwing yellow paint somewhere, going, just keep Alan. It's as simple as that. That's a campaign that I'm more than happy to uh, get around. Alan, Cam, Clive, thanks, as always, for your comments uh, and your um, interaction with us tonight. We will be back in a couple of weeks' time um, after the Stags have taken on Barnsley at home on Tuesday the 25th. Before that, Rotherham at home on Saturday the 22nd um, and a trip to uh, Longy United as well on Wednesday the 26th. We'll try and slot one in before we take on Oldham on Saturday the 29th of July, but if not, it will be uh, after that. We'll certainly do another podcast before the season starts. And yes, we will be here for our seventh season of the podcast. Join us every single week as we talk all things Mansfield Town because Mansfield always matters. We're going to do a mixture this year. We're going to mix it up. So some of them we're going to do virtual and get a few other people involved. Hopefully get Nathan on the podcast again, of course, uh, long-standing OGs. Wishful thinking, but to be fair to him, Cam, his missus is just about to have their second child. So, uh, you know, and this is the type of you know time of year where Mansfield Matters babies do tend to arrive as well. You know, you should know this. Yeah. It's almost like it's, you forget. It's, 
three pre-seasons. In, oh, yeah, in a row. Two, almost, no, yeah. two in a row. There's one last year. Yeah, didn't have one last year. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's, this is the time for Mansfield Matters Baby. So we'll try and get Nathan back at some point. If, in, in ten, <laughs> yeah, should I even say what that at this point? And I'm going to join you on the safe table as well. That's not happening. Uh, <laughs> and also... Um, we'll do some in person as well like this. So we'll get together with the we'll get the kettle on and get in the room as well um, and try and get as many faces on as we can. But it all relies on you guys at home as well. We want you to get involved, as always, to have your say on your team. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. So the answer to the question that you keep asking me, I don't know. We'll come to that another time. But join us in a couple of weeks' time as the journey continues as Mansfield Town Football Club look to go one further and get a promotion on board and level up to League One. For now, though, I've been Craig Priest alongside me, Alan Wilson, Cam Felton and Ty Parkin, and importantly, you guys at home in the live feed as well. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Until next time, goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.